Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When human remains are found in a California desert, authorities have to ask themselves, is this an accident? Is this murder? Or something far more vicious? And then we travel back in time to the year 2008, when hundreds of people looked to the sky and waited for the digiclips. Was there really a plan to open the portal between our world and an old Japanese cartoon today on Dead Rabbit Radio? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. The pig wrestling went fine. Little Piggy got her hooves clipped. I got a little injured, pulled some muscles in my shoulders, but everything else is fine. If you're a new listener to this podcast, that made no sense. But to you returning listeners, I am healthy. Also, I got the test results back for my heart. Totally healthy, totally fine. Two weeks of observation with a little heart monitor. Everything was absolutely fine. I just used too much nicotine, too much caffeine, and threw my heart for a loop. So great news all around. Piggy got her hooves clipped, um, and, and my heart's fine. I mean, what more could you ask for a way to start a podcast? There's one more thing. Another great thing about this is introducing our newest Patreon supporter writing in on a floating heart. Because it's Valentine's Day, actually. He's dressed up in a little Cupid's outfit. It's Mike Nope. Everyone give a round of applause to Mike Nope. He's wearing a diaper. He has the little arrow thing. And he's floating around on a human heart, an anatomically correct human heart. Mike, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon and you're not a Greek god of love, that's okay. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. we got a ton of stuff to cover, so Mike, you can keep on your Cupid outfit. You look adorable. But I am going to toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. Get off that heart. We are going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed out to San Bernardino County. Jason Jalopy. Driving down the freeway. Now, this story, man, I, I zeroed in on this story. I swear, the second it was published, my spidey senses popped off. The ones and zeros weren't even fully formed in the Matrix before I was reading this article. However, I also got a request to do this one as well. Longtime fan of the show, Stuart Meatball, YouTube champion Stuart Meatball, hit me up and goes, Hey, man, have you read this article? And the answer was, I had It's San Bernardino County, California, January 31st, 2021. We're standing out in the desert, wind sweeping the ground. We see a sheriff's department truck there and a bunch of cops are walking around. They're all dusty and stuff like that. (laughs) They don't take baths. You didn't know that? Cops down there, they never take baths. They see like bones and a skull and uh, there's like an evil vulture. I don't know, maybe it's just a good vulture, but it just happens to eat humans. It's sitting there as well. They're taking pictures. 
because they have an old camera apparently they have the camera from the texas chainsaw massacre opening credits they're specifically in wonder valley which is next to joshua tree national park here in san bernardino county california now at this point the remains have not been identified these human remains have just been found let's go back in time to june 2020 though there's people who think they know who this body may belong to june 2020 there was a woman named erica lloyd she was doing a solo trip she wanted to drive to Joshua Tree National Park. But they lost track of her. She never came home. She's been missing since June 2020. The authorities did find her car abandoned, and it was vandalized. Now, the fact that she's missing, the fact that it's vandalized, could be totally two separate events. People could have just seen the car out there and decided, you know, this is a good target. However, this is why you shouldn't just be a wanton vandal, because I'm sure that those vandals are actually being looked for by the police. They're all, Mikey was here! And they're like... Find find all Mikeys. Find all the Mikeys in San Bernardino, California. Don't vandalize stuff because you might become a murder suspect. That's tip one from a veteran vandal. Around the same time, in the same area, there was a dude he'd bought a motel, an old rundown motel, and he wanted to rebuild it. It would be a project for him, maybe turn it into a tourist attraction. He was kind of a wealthy guy. But, you know, get to use your hands. You get to, like, actually create things and craft things. Plus, it's a business investment. This old, I don't know if he's old, this man buys this hotel, and he's repairing it, and he asks his buddy, hey, you want to come out? You're not working right now. The pandemic's going on. Everything's shut down. Why don't you come out and help me rebuild this motel in the middle of nowhere? It's in Wonder Valley, right near Joshua Tree National Park. So a man gets in his car and drives from his home in Hollywood in June 2020 to go work with his friend at this hotel. He pulls up outside the hotel. It's just him and his buddy. They're in the middle of nowhere. Somewhere nearby, Erica Lloyd is also driving to an unknown destination. But this man who gets out of his car, this man who was invited by his friend to be in the middle of nowhere to build this hotel. <laughs> his name is Army Hammer. Now, if you're new, if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. We've been talking about Army Hammer a lot in the past couple weeks. This is a true story. Army Hammer's been in the news. I've talked about him a couple times on the show. I've made several jokes about him. Um, he's, to, to wrap it up real quick, to wrap it up like a piece of meat, Army Hammer, allegedly, he denies it, but was sending messages saying how much he wanted to eat women, how he wanted to break their ribs and eat them, how he wanted to cut off their toes and keep them in their pocket, and he declared himself... In one of these texts, I am 100% a cannibal. There's no wiggle room there. Unless you're talking about the fingers wiggling off of a newly severed hand. God, that was just dark. That was disturbing. But anyways, that's what Army Hammer calls Top Ramen. The point is, is that he's talking all this stuff about wanting to eat people. He denies it. There's all these allegations of people saying he's me. All these women have come forward and saying, we all got messages saying he wanted to eat me. Now, what happened was last summer, he was texting from this hotel. Hey guys, isn't this so awesome? I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. You can run, you can hide, but you can scream all you want. But uh, I'll still build this motel. And people are like, what? That's weird. Why he had that menacing part? He was texting, he was posting on Instagram that he was out in Joshua Tree, out in Wonder Valley, rebuilding this hotel with his buddy. And people are like, oh, you know, he doesn't have anything else to do. The pandemic's going on, all the movies are closed down. Who doesn't like spending time in the outdoors building stuff? 
Now, this woman, these human remains have been found. The question is, is it Erica Lloyd? Is it somebody else? There are some news reports saying there are three sets of human remains found. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That would make sense. But I've only seen that reported in the gossip sites. The actual news sites say one set of human remains have been found in an area where Army Hammer was working, i.e. in the area in the middle of nowhere. It would be like if there were human remains found in downtown Los Angeles, that's Wednesday. The garbage men are just like, oh, <laughs> they put on their corner cap and they're already like dissecting it. And Army Hammer's just walking on the street. You wouldn't even think about it. But the fact that Army Hammer is in the desert, <laughs> Army Hammer is in the desert, and now we're finding human remains in the desert, and it may have been this woman. Absolutely insane. I, I woke up, I saw this story. I was like, this is... I have to talk about this, but what happened was I had actually, this story's a couple days old. I had already recorded those episodes because I had to go wrestle that pig. So I had to wait. I had to wait to tell the story. And then Stuart's like, hey, dude, did you read this? And I was like, dude, yes. I also, and this is funny because I've been discussing this story with people in my private life as well. I think the Army Hammer saga, I had never thought it would get to the point where he's a suspect in a murder. To be fair, the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office have said he is not a suspect in the murder. Which is exactly what you would say to a man who has millions of dollars and can fly to Thailand. He would just fly away. So, of course, the sheriff's like, shh. She's like holding his finger to his lips. No, he's not a suspect. And then they're like getting cuffs ready. They're getting army hammer-sized cuffs ready. So they're officially saying he's not a suspect. But that's a little premature. There's human remains found in a location of a man, once again, who declared himself 100% a cannibal. He denies it, so he denies it, but his Instagram said it, right? His Instagram said it, and a bunch of his exes have come forward and said, yeah, he was kind of about eating people and stuff like that. Two more things. One, his, he did a movie called Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> no, that, no, no, that, he's like, hey, my name's Timmy. Hey, Timmy, come back here. That'd be confusing. Call Me By Your Name. Wait, no, what? Call Me By My Name. And it was a romance, I guess. I never saw it, but it was him and Timothy Chalmet. It's some dude, some other actor, and then there was the director. Obviously, that's how movies are made, right? It's a home video. His mom's filming it. The director and the actor, Timothy Chow May, whatever, he, they went, they're going on to do another movie right now. So, you know, out of the three of them, two of them have gone to do this new movie called Bones and All. And it's a, the movie is literally about this. It's about a young girl, or like a, a college-age girl, I'm assuming. Every time she falls in love, she eats them. So it's a cannibal movie. So all three of them, all three of them may be in on this for all I know. Um, but they're doing a cannibal movie. No, I, I don't like to conflate the art. I, I think that's just a funny aside. They're making a cannibal movie. I'm not going to conflate the art with the weirdness of him being a murder suspect. Because people make, I don't think Tom Cruise is a taxi cab hijacking serial killer. Like the art's the art. That's the way I view it. But I just think that's a funny coincidence. And I, I'm, I'm sure Army Hammer wished he was cast in that. He's like, oh, dude, can I at least be on the set? I got a Twitter email from Dream Pillet. And then let's segue into this. Um, my segment, because I've been trying to figure this out. Monday Musings, this is our new segment. Mike, nope. Let's go ahead and hop out of the 
Jason Jalopy, we're going to hop in the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to fly to a banquet hall. We're still doing the Army Hammer story, though. So if you guys were hoping this was over, nope. Mike, nope. Fly us out. He probably hears that joke all the time. Mike, nope. Fly us in this Dead Rabbit Dirigible out to this large dining hall. Oh, you know what? Just have the dining hall in the Dirigible. Make it easier. Mike, nope. Wanted to fly. Okay. Fly us to that hometown buffet. We're going there. Dream Pill had sent me an article. It was in Cosmopolitan Magazine. I think the kids call it Cosmo, but Cosmopolitan Magazine had an article about the kink of cannibalism. And it was saying, you know, this is a subset of BDSM. Here's my Monday... I I can't figure this out. I can't figure this out. How do you pretend to eat somebody? I get, like, role-playing and stuff like that. She's a cop. You're the bank robber. Or um, she's... She's Dr. Octopus and you're Spider-Man, whatever. Like, stuff to spice up the bedroom. And, like, you could just... I mean, both of those involve you actively fighting somebody. You'll never stop again, Doc Ock. You're spraying shaving cream in her face. But, like, you can do that. Like, you can spray shaving cream in your loved one's face. You can pretend, like, you can role-play and do stuff like that. How do you pretend to get eaten? That's what I can't figure out. Like, the cannibal guy would be like, I just imagine it's how people play with babies. And they go, nom, 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 I'm gonna eat your tummy. And then you, like, gum the kid's tummy. But you're not actually eating. Is that what cannibal fetish is? Like, I read this big article, and thanks, Dream Pillet, for sending it over, but I still don't get it. Like, I'm gonna eat you up. No, no. And then, like, you take bites of Because you don't actually eat them. Like, they're like, the article is like, you can nibble on their neck, and you can, like, draw, sometimes draw some blood. I'm like, that's not eating. I don't ever go to a steak restaurant, and I'm like, I'd like to suck on that sirloin, please. It's like, you eat it. So how do you pretend to eat somebody? And I can kind of figure that out. I can kind of figure out you being like, oh, I'm going to eat you, I'm a cannibal. I'm 100% a cannibal. But the fetish goes both ways. There are people who want to be cannibals. And then there are people who want to be eaten. And I don't get that. Like, I don't get that. At, I, I get the mental gymnastics part of it. But I don't get how you would pretend to do that. Like, you're laying in bed. You're like, Jason, please go on to the next second. You're laying in bed, and then someone's like, nom, 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 I'm going to eat you. And do you imagine them actually, like, eat? Is it the psychological fear of being eaten? Or is it... Like, do when someone's like, nom, 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 like gumming on your neck, do you imagine it's like Walking Dead and they're actually like ripping pieces? Because they're not. They're like, I'm going to take your nose. I want to take your nose. You're like, no, my nose. They got their little thumb in between their fingers. You're like, no, no, let it stop. Let it stop. Like, how do you do that? Do you like hide your arms in shirts and stuff like that? So you just have like your elbows are sticking out. And you're like, oh, no, he ate my arms. I don't get it. I don't get it's it's just a fetish or I don't understand it. And it's one of those things like again, if you were pretending that she's the cop and you're the burglar, you break into the house and she's like, stop, be sexy, or I'm gonna shoot, and you turn around and you start being sexy. Fine, whatever, whatever. But the eating thing, like I can't figure out how you would pretend to be eaten. I don't get it, because obviously, like, I can see my arms. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like this. If I had a fetish of sleeping with a waitress, if that's a... Yeah, I do, I do. I love sleeping with waitresses. But, let's hypothetically say 
that I don't have that fetish and and I now do for the sake of this argument. Let's say I hypothetically like sleeping with waitresses. I could easily fulfill that. I could have my girlfriend dress up like a waitress, super easy, or I could just sleep with waitresses. So either way, I'm golden. But that doesn't work with being a fetish. That doesn't work with being a cannibal. Because I can go, num, 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 I'm going to eat your belly. Oh, no, I ate your thumbs. And you, like, have them hide their thumbs. No. But you know it's not real. You know it doesn't, isn't actually real. I think that's a fetish that you're far more likely to engage in in real life. Because there's nothing you can do to replicate it in the bedroom. At all. I mean, I guess if you brought in, like, fake blood and had, like, Greg Nicotero in the background doing special effects makeup and things like that. But other than that, no matter what you did in the bedroom, it would always leave you wanting more. It would always leave you hungry for more. Most fetishes you can completely fulfill with a consenting partner. Like furries, you're just yiffing around in the fursuits. There you go. You wanted to have sex with Donald Duck, you just had sex with a guy dressed like Donald Duck. That That's fine. You don't actually then have to go out and find a duck. You fulfilled the fantasy of having sex with an anthropomorph. That actually makes more sense because the fantasy isn't to have sex with a duck. It's to have sex with, but you want to have sex with an anthropomorphic duck. So you actually can't fulfill that in real life. You, you have to use the furry community. So that makes sense. I get like the logic in that. I'm not worried about them running around banging ducks. I am worried about them <laughs> or possibly murdering one or more women in the desert. And this is actually, you guys are going to be shocked, but this is actually a great segue for our next story. <laughs> Mike Nope's like, no, I don't want to go to the next story. This is a segue. Mike Nope, yeah, you do. Because this next story is all about love. Actually, the first story was about love. The love of eating people. But Mike Nope, it's Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. Let's hop in that carpenter copter. We're leaving behind San Bernardino County and the hometown buffet. We got our pockets full of onion rings. We are leaving and we are headed out to an unnamed town in the middle of America. We're flying out there. We're eating onion rings. Having a grand old time. What we're here in this small town for is a story that was recommended to me by Kentillians, long-time listener of the show, Kentillians. Thank you so much for sending this over. This is the saga known as Project Digiclips. Now, as Mike is piloting the carpenter copter over this small town, we see a bunch of pre-teens, teenagers walking out of their houses. They all have a backpack strapped to their wrist. And in their free hand, they're holding a digi device. These are basically Tamagotchi-type toys where you'd raise Digimon and make them fight each other. And that was that was pretty much it. But it was also the basis for cartoons and comic books and video games, other video actual video games rather than these pieces of junk. As Mike is flying the carpenter copter over, I'm putting my hand on his shoulder. I'm like, dude, be ready, be ready. And then all of a sudden, all these people raise their Digi-devices into the air. The sky cracks open. <laughs> Reality shifts. And we see the children one by one getting sucked up into personalized black holes. <laughs> we have just witnessed the digiclips. The idea is this. This actually was really big back in 2008 for about two or three months. You had February to March 2008. The idea is this. Digimon are real. The goal 
bring them to us, or, for the more adventure-prone, we go to them. They believed if you held your digi-device to the sky at a precise moment. Now, the agreed-upon time seemed to be March 16th, 2008, but apparently they were localized digi-clipses as well. You had to confer with your local uh, digi-dorks to figure that one out. Hey, if you guys are Digimon fans, sorry, because I'm probably not going to be super kind to the program, but... You're hanging out with the other Digi people, and you have to hold up your Digi device all at the same time. You'll create these black holes. Now, they say, listen, we know these are toys. So it's not so much the fact that the Digi device has the ability to transport you to another dimension. Because if they did, they'd have to put that on the warning label. So they're just toys. The idea is, is that you're in love with your Digimon. So anything that identifies your Digimon, you can use. They said you can even use your stuffed animals. So if you ever were like driving around your town back on uh, March 16, 2008, and you saw a man holding a stuffed dinosaur and pointing it at the sky, you didn't know it, but that man was a man who didn't have a Digi device but still wanted to go to the digital realm. What do you do once you enter the Digiverse? The Digiverse is basically... Again, I didn't really get into the mythology, and I read a Wikipedia article on Digimon itself, and it's just generic. It was more of a sci-fi version of Pokemon. Pokemon always seemed like very nature-based. Well, it it definitely is more sci-fi, because they're digital animals, and that was one of the things. People go, well, if Digimon is real, why can't Pokemon be real? And they go, you idiots, you fool, what are you talking about? Digital can include anything. Anything can be programmed. So the Digiverse could actually be real. They keep using string theory and the infinite universe theorem, which is true. And on infinite timeline and infinite universes, everything's possible. There is a Digiverse. Fine, I'll give you that. Um, But everything else is ridiculous. The fact that on a certain day you could hold up a stuffed dinosaur or something that reminded you of your favorite Digimon, you'd get sucked into an alternate universe. They believed a lot of it on Law of Attraction. They believed a lot of it on if you love something so much, it has to be true. Which is basically the motto of every stalker, right? So you have that. They say it's like a placebo. Placebos aren't real, but they help you. So if if you can give someone a sugar pill and it calms their nervous stomach... You can hold up a stuffed animal and fly to an alternate universe. They make this leap of logic. But it's digital, see, so it's possible. So what do you do when you go to the Digiverse? This is the steps that were laid out. First off, you find your partner, which I'm assuming is like their waifu. I'm assuming it's like the girl, which I I know a lot of people like like animated girls, like drawings of girls. But I, if you went to that universe, they'd probably look super weird. Because you would not become a cartoon. You would go to a digital verse, and so you'd be 3D. Everything else would be 3D. The reason why we're seeing it as a drawing is because animators are drawing. Let's assume here for a second that their theory is right. Because I found this fascinating, and I think we talked about this during the Chris Chan episode as well. If you went to the world of Digimon, it would not be 2D cell-shaded animation. That is a human representation of that. It's the same thing as if you read the Bible and there's no photos from the Bible, you would not go back and you'd be like, oh, look at all these texts. Look at all these words. Jesus looks like a giant wood carving coming at me because that's all the imagery of have. He looks like a Renaissance painting coming at me. No, you'd go back and you know that if you went back in time, you would see stuff as it was, not as it's represented. So if you went to the Digiverse, there wouldn't be Little dinosaur, a little poorly designed dinosaurs. I didn't like the character designs on that show. I was not a huge fan of it. 
I'm trying not to completely trash it during this segment, but it wouldn't look like that. The girl, Trixie or Noxie or whatever their names were, she would look like a normal human girl and she wouldn't look like that drawing. There may be a vague comparison because the person who drew that drawing was like influenced by the psychic power of that character across the universe. Fine. But it's like Optimus Prime would look like a Michael Bay Optimus Prime. He wouldn't look less like the drawing because the cartoon drawing would be a representation of him. So you would be like, I'm finally going to go to this world and I'm going to meet my two-dimensional girlfriend. And then you go in there and she's going to be three-dimensional girlfriend. And when you ask her, hey, are we going to go out digi-hunting today? She's going to be like, I have to wash my hair because she's still a fully realized human being. And maybe she's not that into you. Just because you teleported to her through the ether, she still may not like you. So that's something, that's something to be prepared for if you ever think about traveling to a fictional universe. But you find your partner. You also have to then find a real digi-device. Digi-device is like how you, like, they jump out of it or something like that. Probably should have done more research, but I just, the show just doesn't interest me. Then, you just kind of go on adventures. It's like Pokemon. Just keep thinking Pokemon, but try to be more edgy. I guess the devil's in it. There's a guy named Devilmon. All the people have Mon at the end of their name, which means monster. I wonder if there's a Monmon, which is like a monster monster. Okay, you might think that's a dad joke, but it's not. It's a Monday musing. But anyways, they go there and they're kind of like going on adventures and they're trying to defeat evil. I think Digimon was less about just, you know, cockfighting with electrical animals like Pokemon. It was out like they were trying to save the world or or whatever. (laughs) Now that I'm recording this segment, when I was doing the research, I was like, oh, I'm fine. I read a single Wikipedia article on it. I'm good. Devil exists. I'm totally good. So what type of people, though, are best suited to go to the Digiverse? This is a very, very fascinating subculture. And I guess I should give you the spoiler alert. It didn't happen. None of this happened, right? But for two months, we really had people really believe in this. Now, here's the thing. Digimon is not like Pokemon. You go to the Pokemon universe, the most you're going to do is get, like, electrocuted, which is pretty bad, right? Squirtle squirts you, ruins your new shirt. It's pretty benign. It's like being in our world but a little more intense. But most of the Pokemon, as long as you're not walking around the forest or an active Pokemon trainer, you're not going to run into them that much. Digimon's far more violent. There's like a conflict going on. You have the Devilmon trying to do whatever the Devilmon does. His Monmon henchmans are coming after you. All sorts of craziness. So this isn't for the weak of heart. These people, these teenagers, are possibly heading into a war zone. That's what makes this so fascinating. I could go on and on about particular anecdotes. One guy says he goes to the gymnasium every day. Who calls it a gymnasium? Unless he's like on a balance beam. But he goes to the gymnasium every day. He'll be fine fighting fighting T-Rexes, digital T-Rexes. He'll be fine. He's worried about other people. One guy says that he's afraid if he goes there, he won't be Christian anymore. To which an atheist says, you're an idiot for believing in Christianity anyways. But the Digiverse, now that, that is something to believe in. You have all these weird anecdotes that I could kind of pick apart. We've done that before. We did that with the Chris Chan episode. We've done that before. I find it so fascinating that these people are willing to enter a bloodbath for a better life. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating thing. There was one person who posted, listen, we got to be realistic about this stuff. Traveling to a digital realm, a whole lot of things can go wrong. There was one voice of sanity, because everyone was taking this seriously, but there was one voice of sanity amongst these people. They go, you're going through a portal to a digital world, first off. 
You may go insane simply by being transmitted into digital energy. We don't know what's going to happen when you become part of the digital world. Two, they said there's no guarantee that you're going to land in a lush forest and you look over and there's a cute little Digimon next to you. Paramon or Radishmon or whatever. You have no idea. You may appear in a part of the planet where there's nothing. He goes, what if you appear on a deserted island? What if you appear in the middle of the ocean, you get sucked out of Des Moines, Iowa, and the next thing you know, you're plummeted into the warm, salty depths of an alien planet's ocean? You don't know what's on the other side of that portal. As much as you want to go through that realm to someplace different, you are going to be deposited someplace random. It's not like Starfleet beaming me up. They're not going to beam me up into deep space. They're not going to beam me up on a deserted island. But if there was a thing, hold up your Star Trek communicator toy on October 4th, spaceship comes overhead, you get beamed aboard the Defiant, I'm doing it. But this would be random, and the world of Digimon is so wild and untamed, and there's all these conflicts going on, you may just appear in the middle of a battle and get squished or eaten or enslaved before you find your partner, before you get your Digi device and become part of the saga, you're a footnote. You're not even that. You're just an event. You get in the way of a battle and are quickly dispatched. You're a pile of bones on a deserted island. You're devoured in the dark depths. You don't even see what eats you and what spends days dissolving you in its stomach. That joke was for you. (laughs) That one is for you if you're still listening. You don't know where you're going to end up. It's a very fascinating way to look at this. That person then said, however, there's also the chance that you find your soulmate in the Digiverse. So he was willing to play the odds. That was literally how he ended that comment. Like He said a very, very lucid thing. We don't know what's going to happen, but on the other hand, you may get some. I don't think I would take that chance. I would take a chance going into a safe universe, a a safe-ish, like obviously Marvel Universe, you're going to get squished by Giant Man or Thanos is going to snap you out of existence, or something like that. It's a chance of it, at least. Star Trek, there's a chance you get the alien brain parasite. But at least you would be going to, like, New York, or you would be going to the Enterprise. This guy knew that this was such a chaotic event. They were trying to force happen that anything could go wrong. It's funny because as much as I dismiss this, part of it comes from the fact that I don't really know Digimon that well. If out of all the fictional universes that existed, if this was the one that existed, I'd be extremely disappointed. I obviously have favorites. You do too. But on the other hand, I believe in stuff like infinite universes, infinite timelines, all things are possible, and uh, law of attraction. I don't think they work in the way that they're talking about. There's limits to it. I can't law of attraction my body into being yogurt, but. There's probably, in an infinite timeline, an alternate universe, a reality where I am yogurt. I'm yogurt right now. I think it's an interesting concept, and it's something we've covered before, and it's something we've thought about before as kids wanting to go to these fictional universes. But what if you didn't want to go to the fictional universe? The thing when you use magic, and law of attraction can be considered magic in a sense, you're bending the world to your will, is that if you don't know what you're doing, things aren't going to work out well. When you have a bunch of preteens and teens holding up pieces of plastic and stuffed animals on March 16th, waiting to be thrust into this digital world, and nothing happens, they just go home. But did nothing happen? Is it possible that they 
remained on Earth. But their combined willpower did open up a portal somewhere. It just wasn't for them. It's for the young woman jogging with her dog through the forest. She went missing. You know the story. She's never found. No trace of her. Husband's a suspect. He's eventually cleared. Twelve years later, people are still wondering what happened to Nancy Silva. It was March 16th, 2008 when she was on that run. But she doesn't know what date it is now. In the Digiverse, she's considered an anomaly. Nobody knows where she came from. Nobody knows what power she might have. And all sides are looking for her. So she runs. She hides. And she prays. But in our world, she's just a face on a missing poster. The smiling face of a woman who will never be found again. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. 